Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we are continuing our um, kind of overarching master series of the Bray family, but uh, our last episode was the end of our uh, kind of inter-series about Clovis Bray and the inception of the Exos. And so now we're going to be focusing on a different member of the Bray family, and that is Wilhelmina Bray, uh, specifically her work on SIVA. And uh, so we've got a couple of things we're going to go over. Um, and the, the first of which is that SIVA was not always SIVA. It used to be something else. Turn, turns out uh, ideas are not exclusive to Braze. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Wilhelmina is definitely the one that is credited for SIVA, but maybe isn't the one that invented the foundational technology. Oh, um, no. I know. Who would have thought? Well, and some something I want to state here. This yeah. this is this is kind of our like rewind in time again. So everything, a bit, that, yeah. everything that y'all heard uh, uh, in the last few episodes uh, with Clovis and the Exos, what we're what we're going to start talking about now is happening at the same time that all of that is happening at. It's just a different Bray member is is doing this. So uh, we're kind of like as far as like a timeline of like the Brays. We're kind of like root, 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 rewinding um, <laughs> to kind of an earlier time during the Golden Age. Uh, yep. Where where the the travelers obviously been to Mars, been to been to Venus, all the places, and life is good, life is great, and scientific advancement is through the roof. Yeah, uh, you'll for those that listen to the exo series or the exo portion of this uh you'll remember there was a, a spot in there where elsie went around and revisited family members and uh one of those was wilhelmina and during that meeting wilhelmina was telling her like hey look at this awesome thing that i'm working on and that that was siva uh so you can kind of like the inception of the the technology called SIVA was around the same time period as Elsie becoming an EXO. Um, so you can use that a little bit as a, you know, an idea of where this lies in relation to everything else. So to get things rolling, uh, we're actually going to reference a event that happened in Destiny 1. Uh, prior to the Rise of Iron expansion. And in the, I think it was the week, maybe two weeks, leading up to that expansion, Guardians would find these little flittering motes of, uh, the, you know, little little mechanical bugs, nanites, that would float around their heads uh, that had different colors. I think there was like blue and yellow and uh, I want to say there's a green one, but they had these little moats that were floating around their head and uh, they became known as transmission. And people were wondering like, okay, what, what are these? Uh, you know, what, what is, what is this all about? 
And um, there is actually a group of guardians, uh, specifically, I believe, the members of the Hidden, that were investigating these little moats, trying to find out, are they dangerous? Should we be worried? Guardians are just infecting each other, because when one guardian got close to another, they would kind of hop over to that other person. Uh, And it was discovered that Yes, they were dangerous. They could incapacitate a guardian uh, in a very significant way. Um, and so these uh, these members of the uh, the hidden started combing through information about these things to try and see like do do we know what this is? I uh, what has someone else uh, dealt with this in the golden age? Is there tech that we could try and find that would help with this? And what they ended up coming across is something that has been cataloged as Project Transmission. And if you uh, do a search for uh, the Transmission Crisis on Ishtar uh, Collective, you'll get some of the cards uh, that came out of the, uh, the Transmission event in D1. Now, were these uh, in-game cards that you could collect, like uh, like the Grimoire stuff from D one, or was this a uh, like an ARG thing, or was it uh, uh, something that Bungie just put out on forums? Where 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 was this information uh, originally? So I'm fairly certain that it was Grimoire. I, okay. I don't remember a hundred percent. I feel like it it was grimoire entries we're pushing 10 years of destiny now myth this is yeah i know (laughs) time is starting to pass in real time now and (laughs) i can't remember what i had for breakfast yesterday much less what i had for breakfast 10 years ago i'm not okay with it uh but yeah i'm i'm pretty sure it was grimoire if not it would have been uh a arg like I, that they put out through their Twitter or, or their social media platforms uh, at the time. And um, I'm, a, I'm actually going to redact something I said earlier. I, I attribute it to the hidden. That's incorrect. Uh, this was discovered uh, information from the owl sector. And the owl sector is something that people may not know about. I was going to say, is this like, uh, is this like another sect, like the, um, like the Praxic or- Praxix, bleh, Praxic Order? That's a hard <laughs> word to say. Uh, yes and no. So the Owl Sector does work, and did work, uh, very closely with the Vanguard in relation to scientific uh, discoveries and and inquiries. The difference is that the Owl Sector is made entirely of mortal human scientists uh they are not guardians they are just plain old civilians um that have dedicated their their knowledge and and time to uh be of assistance in in those sciences uh a another tie between the brays and owl sector uh although much much later than uh transmission is uh Anna Bray. Um she has a significant other named Cameron who is a Owl Sector member uh and is also the one that assisted Anna in 
a decent amount of discovery about who the Brays were and kind of who Anna was uh, back in the Golden Age when when Anna was originally going through trying to to discover more about her past. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and that's primarily in the Warmind comics that came out uh, for D two. So that's that's where that info's at. I think I think I have those. Was that like the the little collection of like uh, like hardback? I want to say is I want to say it was a hardback. Yep, yep. they they published a hardcover that was all the because there was like f- four or five different comics. Um, one was Osiris, yeah. one was Anna, one was uh, Cade. So yeah, it's in there. Yeah, but so Owl Sector again, uh, mortal uh, scientists are trying to discover what's plaguing these guardians essentially, and uh, they come across these different uh, research notes from a Dr. Shirazi uh, in regards to these little particles that are now floating around guardians. And they discover the particles had different names. There was brilliance, fortitude, glory, magnificence, and splendor were the code names for these particles. Uh, And they were expected to uh, enhance the uh, person subjected to them in one way or another. Uh, meant to improve their immune system or give them superhuman strength or allow them you know, super speed, stuff like that. And uh, Dr. Shirazi was the one heading this research. And so a good portion of what we're going to go through today is the research notes of Dr. Shirazi chronologically uh, about the different tests that were being done and uh, what the outcome was. And we'll see how that all transitions into what we know as SIVA. So without further ado, we're going to start off here. Uh, The... It's going to be difficult to reference an exact card for each of these because the cards on Ishtar Collective, at least, and I think as you got them in game, are jumbled as far as chronologically. They are not in order. Uh, So I have sorted them chronologically, um, but that also means I can't necessarily reference the particular card one came from uh, without doing a lot of back and forth. So just know... These are all part of the transmission crisis, uh, and you can do an Ishtar Collective search for that if you want to see the original source. But we're going to start with the very first uh, entries from Dr. Shirazi as this study is getting, is, uh, getting started. And uh, they say, I am eternally grateful for the opportunity to work with Clovis Bray. No more clawing for research grants, no more hopping universities. The volunteers enlisted for this study are likewise in good spirits. Patient A, Susan, believes with all her heart in the colonization effort and will do anything to support it. Twelve hours have passed since injection with Magnificence 2.0, and her vital signs are strong. She does complain of phantom insects, though. Regrettably, patient B 
entered a coma minutes after injection with brilliance 3.2. Vital signs remain normal, homeostasis preserved. While cause for concern, I do not think it necessary to table this study and will proceed. Patient D, Yaris, is here to support his family. Clovis Bray allowances are sufficient, but not generous, and there's another child on the way. He is sorry to be separated from them, but glad for the volunteer stipend. No changes in general health were observed after injection with Fortitude 3.1, but the volume of his voice decreased significantly and is at present a whisper. Unexpected, but still no cause for alarm. Patient E, June, has been uncooperative. Laughed unpleasantly when I told him he would receive Glory 2.1. You're running prototypes in parallel because it's cheaper and faster, he had told me. No ethics board on Earth would approve, but I don't have a choice since I'm neck deep in debt to Clovis Bray, he said. I wish we had tweaked these elixirs to modify disposition as well. And that's the end of the first set of entries. So it's it's kind of harping back to the original, the, the very first entry we read about Clovis Bray Industries. Uh, we want your grandchildren, mm-hmm. right? So... <laughs> And, and 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 not just in like the physical sense, not like, hey, give me your babies, babies, like they want the ideas there. And so um obviously this this scientist working with with Clovis Bray or, or with the Bray Industries, um, all these volunteers that are like it, it, as much as we tote Clovis himself, Clovis Bray being this evil, maniacal, egotistical piece of shit um that anna (laughs) refers to as such as well (laughs) he was very brilliant and and the bray uh the bray industry the 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 company itself was very prestigious and it, it was it was very much like if you if 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 you were a a expert in your field and you wanted to further advance your field or, or, or make further discoveries in your field of science, you went to Bray. That's that's where that's where you went to Bray Tech Industries. That's that's where that's where science rules. Um, and so and we're seeing that here. And obviously, with any type of science, you and <laughs> as shitty as this sounds, specifically with human testing, you need yep. patience. <laughs> so. Uh, and, and there's obviously to be expected things. One guy ends up in a coma, you know, some other, some other have phantom pains and phantom insects or, and, and side effects of, you know, they've lost their voice now. It's barely a whisper. Um, so far the result isn't death. So maybe (laughs) clinical trials are working as intended. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're seeing here is, is a very, um, um yeah it's 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 a very it's a it's it's very scientific and i really i as i know human testing is bad <laughs> let's put let's put that one out there first and foremost but i do like this idea of come be the best scientist you can be at clovis bray at or, or not at clovis bray at bray tech industries yeah. 
Like that's 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 my thought is is I I like the science behind it, um, albeit you know, kind of morally and ethically, not kind of completely <laughs> morally and ethically yeah, wrong. Just a bit. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, and it, it does. There there is a, a different uh, read coming from Doctor Shirazi versus someone like Clovis Bray where Shirazi is specifically like, yes, they're patient ABDC. Uh, but he's also naming them. Yeah. This is the yeah. person that <laughs> it's, it's not right, naming of the pigs. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, knows their name, knows why they're there. You know, one person believes in colonization. Oh, yeah, the yeah. other person is just hard up for money. Uh, the other person is just yep. like, is thinks it's all stupid but is in debt to clovis um so like right it's it's just they're establishing a little more personal relationship with these test subjects than clovis does in his studies so so yeah so so not everyone at at Bray Industries is an egotistical maniacal (laughs) asshole out to rule the, the universe some of them are good scientists. Yeah, you know, a little overzealous at times, but, you know, good intentioned at least. Uh, so we're going to get into the second set of notes. So those were all um, part of the 1.0 series of notes about this research. And now we have two entries for the 2.0 series. And things are starting to get a little weird. So Dr. Shirazi notes... Patient A remains healthy and cheerful, despite a low buzzing in her ear. She has referred to the phantom insects so frequently and with such confidence that I'm starting to imagine them. Blue, darting things. There's a word for this phenomenon, where the patient's reality becomes the researcher's, but I do not remember it. We did tag this variant with a blue colorant for our own scans, but the patient should not have known. I will simply call it a coincidence. Patient C reports yellow artifacts on the edge of her vision, but remains excited about the potential of this project. She argued for taking strength and intelligent tests three times a day rather than daily. I saw no harm in this. There were clear improvements in her performance even six hours after injection, in line with results from the other conscious patients. This innovative therapy holds great promise for our colonization program. We can cut years off the construction timetable of a city. We can reduce the decompression and adjustment period of new colonists. This is a world-changing study, and I am glad to have such a motivated subject. And that's the last of the 2.0 notes. So this is where that that color uh, um, collation is starting to happen, right? Like the these these patients are seeing, and, and again, it could all just be in their head. It, it presumably nobody is seeing these little things floating about their heads or anything. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's that's the color variations we're starting to see, and and I do like the one. Uh, um, the one that's like, well, I, I want more strength tests. I want more intelligence tests. Cause it's, it's almost like the, well, it's not almost like it is the, the 
serum, super soldier serum, that's what I'm going to start calling it now, uh, is working. It's, it's, she, this patient is starting to have more strong, they're starting to become stronger. They're starting to become more intelligent. They're starting to eat through these tests that they're throwing at them. Um, but then of course there's a, there's a bit of concern there, at least in my mind, um, that this could be over potent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the color coordination is coming out, and like we said, when we saw these on Guardians in-game, there were different colors for the different types of transmission particles that had been picked up by, by each Guardian. Uh, and yeah, it seems like there were different uh, different aspects that were targeted by each type of, uh, of transmission particle. Now, now I'm curious if is if in game like the one that was attributed with strength did did like your strength stat get increased i don't remember <laughs> i mean that would that would have been super cool like again we're trying to pull memories back from d1 that like holy shit there's been a lot of stuff since then um so yeah it I, I, that would have been super neat if they had done that in game because then you would have seen that that, right. that correlation there right like you would have seen that that uh um hey i picked up this red thing i've, I've got more strength sweet hey you picked up that yellow thing your super charge is like <laughs> fucking crazy fast you're, you're super brilliant like that i, I think that would have been kind of neat but I, I don't i don't remember if that if, that if was it thing was i don't remember it having that dramatic of a of an effect um it might have had a minor boost but i it wasn't like you know you just shave two minutes off your super or, or anything like that. Um, from what I recall, at least. Yeah. Cause that would, that wouldn't be open <laughs> right? shit. Yeah. Uh, but so, um, some concerns they're seeing these, uh, claiming to see these, these different colored, um, kind of artifacts, uh, in, in different ways. But, uh, you know, Trazi is, is excited to have, uh, test subjects that are excited about being a part of this and and still everyone seems very optimistic overall uh and now we get into the third set of notes i can see them now blue bead-like or bee-like particles swarming around patient a's head i wonder what took me so long this effect was not intentional. We directed the nanoparticles to strengthen the subject's immune system, reinforce skeletons, exoskeletons, joints, and musculature, and accelerate synapse and logic board signaling. This should all have been invisible and internal. What do these new motes mean? This is the second day that patient B continues comatose. Hydration and nutrition support have been enabled. Vital signs are still good, and green particles appear to accumulate on his lips and nostrils. I have not observed similar consequences for other patients, and I am wondering if this is an idiosyncratic reaction. Yaris can't speak or make any sound at all now. We do not know whether this condition is permanent. He lets me know what he requires, whether water or food, by typing, but has been reserved about his own thoughts. I find it difficult to look him in the eye now. 
And that's the end of the third set of notes. That's that's what happens with medical testing, man. It shit goes sideways real quick. Yeah, and we so we've got the the yellow artifacts around, you know, the vision of one patient. We have the now visible blue particles buzzing around another. Uh the comatose patient has green particles forming, you know, on their mouth and their nose. Which which to me makes me think something is happening there like they may appear comatose, but uh, and 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 I know there's been tons of studies about this, and 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 obviously people have been in comas and come out of comas and said they were fully conscious, they could hear everything in the room and everything. Like so, presumably this comatose patient is still conscious, because um, I, I so I mean it could be something could be happening there, like that that comatose patient can't um, communicate to, to everyone around him, obviously because he's comatose. But, uh, um, yeah, so he could absolutely be having some type of enhanced something. We just can't see it. Yeah, something is going on there. Uh, but we're starting to see, like, before it was like, oh, that's weird. And now it's getting into, like, oh, that's that's a pretty big side effect because this is starting to become visible to everyone right like the scientist is seeing this now like the the people that are administering these tests are starting to visibly see these things whereas like in in the entry two it was like hey they're reporting that they are seeing them and i think i might be seeing them yeah but now it's a full-on like everyone sees these things and it's worth pointing out that this is the second day of this study. Because uh, they say oh, this is the... This shit's going fucking fast. Right. They say that patient B has been comatose for now the second day. So this is these this was not a gradual process. It was it happened over the course of 48 hours that this these events started happening. Jesus. So now we get to the fourth set of notes. Uh, which only has two entries, but they go like this. Patient A appears to be walking two inches above the ground. It is unclear why this has happened. The soles of her feet have turned blue. She is alarmed and delighted by turn. This, of course, complicates our strength testing. June, on the other hand, has refused to perform required strength and intelligence tests. He has accused me, Willabray, and Clovis Bray Corporation of nefarious purposes 32 times since injection. Clovis Bray destroys the world to remake it in their own image. That's their goal. Look at me, the first step to your perfect colonist. But I'm just a prototype. You know what happens to prototypes, don't you, Dr. Shirazi? I'm honestly not sure how this subject passed the psychological screening. Visual observation suggests good health despite the nimbus of white particles that now spin around his head. That's the end of the fourth set. 
I, I love the spin you put on his voice. <laughs> I imagine this like, they're coming for my brains, man. They're they're in the fucking trees, bro. <laughs> that's that's what I imagine this guy, this like this fourth patient who now who has like the white stuff floating around him now. Yep. Like that's not that's not white boats. That's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's kind He's... of how I envision Shirazi probably sees this person. <laughs> Yeah. Don't know how this guy passed the psyche, Val. He's seeing fairies and shit. I don't know what the government's coming for. Clovis is coming for our brains, man. That's that's what yeah. That's what I envision now is this fourth guy who's just completely refusing everything, like, nah man, y'all can't stick that probe in me, man. That's what the aliens did, and now look at me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's uh yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm seeing here. Uh but yeah, like is but I mean floating two inches off the ground though, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. But freaky. Like and, and even the, the patient that even the patient is like, this is kinda scary, but it's also kind of cool. Like <laughs> I, I could fly I, I flew today. <laughs> I fly every day now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like I'd I'd have the same this, reaction, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and this is only like three days worth of testing? Three, four days? Yeah, yeah. Like, this is rapid. This is... This this is like... the this Stories like this is what, like, freaks me out about nanotechnology. Like, when I, when I, when I think of, like, any type of sci-fi nanotechnology, it, it's always, like, super rapid. Like, when I... Th- the one thought that I always come back to is the replicators of Stargate. And that shit was scary as hell. Like, if something like that were to actually happen where it has, like, no command other than just replicate, that's the only command they know, that's fucking terrifying. And so for, like, all of this, these super soldier serums that are nanotechnology, to be this rapid is kind of scary, like, genuinely terrifying. It really is like there. I mean, it's sci-fi, but it gets less and less sci-fi yeah. every year. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So this leads us to the fifth note because there is only one, uh, and there's an alarming development. This note reads: Yesterday, with a wild yell. Patient B sat up and then started singing and dancing. I tried to calm him, but was unsuccessful. He has not stopped since regaining consciousness. I have heard all the songs of his childhood, half of the pop hits of the past century, and now improvised ballads of his own life. He has owned two dogs and six cats, and I now know all of their names. And that's the end of that entry. So this was the comatose patient. Apparently green serum turned you into a bard. <laughs> that's that's what I I kind of I myth, have I taken the green serum? How many times have I sung in chat? I was gonna say, I think uh I think that might this explain might, this, some things. This might just be me. I've taken the green serum. I I have green nano machines floating around my head, and that's glorious. Yeah. He's he's sung all of brought this this guy's now my my favorite of of all of them. He just stands up and nonstop show tunes 
for 48 hours straight. I love it. Kind of freaky, again. <laughs> Just a bit. But yeah. do love the musical portion of it. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess don't don't get too close to your favorite, because the sixth set of notes uh, starts with specifically about patient two. I ran into his room after it suddenly became silent, but he was already gone. Implying that the patient has died. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's, that's, now I'm sad. I mean, you can only sing so much show tune. Like, Broadway is a very physical thing. Like, that's a, that's a lot lot of energy. That's a lot of, that's a lot of energy. Like, that's energy got to come from somewhere. And if you don't, if you can't stop to eat or inject any type of energy, like, gonna run around, run out eventually. So the remaining uh, notes from the sixth set. Patient A, no. I'll call her Susan. I'll call them all by their names. It breaks protocol, but feels like the right thing to do. Susan took the news in silence. She appears resigned. But I... I'm not resigned. When I disclosed patient B's clinical outcome, as required by exception 31B in the Research Regulations Handbook, patient C said, How could you do this to us? And I had no answer. My predecessor's experimental records had not suggested any lethality. A 20% mortality rate would counterbalance the increase in colonists' strength, intelligence, and speed. And that's the end of the sixth set. And like we said before, the side effects weren't death until they are. Until they were. (laughs) And then it's bad. So, yeah. That's kind of to be expected on on the rest of them, like... As much as they were, because, and, and from my understanding, most, if not all of these patients were all volunteers. And so, yes, to volunteer for these clinical studies and then for death to happen and for death to happen this soon, like this couldn't, this, this couldn't have been more than a week now. Like, right. Yeah. Like now, now the other patients are genuinely fearful. Like before it was like, oh man, look how smart I am. Look, I'm floating. I flew today. Like, this is awesome. And one guy's like, uh, well, my voice is getting softer, but I'm feeling pretty damn good to, hey, I literally can't touch the ground anymore. And oh boy, over there can't talk anymore. And oh boy, over there is dead. Uh, yeah. What the hell, man? It's it. We haven't even made it back to Sunday. What the hell, man? Now, now they're all on. Now they're all on white moat guy. They're coming for our brains, man. <laughs> Maybe Old white moat guy is is just completely right. He's just like I told you so, man. They came for our brains. I'll say he, intentional or otherwise, he might not be far off. Yeah. So now we get into the seventh series of her notes. And these ones say, Yaris remains mute. 
I regret now not incorporating a self-annihilation function in these prototypes. I was too confident. I didn't believe I needed a failsafe. I will propose that we include this in future nanotech development. The mixed blessing is that our results are solid. Further research will be rewarding, yet I find myself hesitating to write the recommendation to proceed. I shared the news with patient... Oh, my bad. Uh, I shared the news with June. He said, Everything and everyone dies. The more you try to cheat death, the more you try to profit from life. The sooner we die. Today, I went into Willa Bray's files to look for warning signs. Any hint of what happened to patient B, anything I might have missed. I found only optimistic profit charts and a terse order to suppress some amount of data. The data itself is unavailable to researchers at my access level. Am I complicit? And that's the end of those notes. That's what happens when scientists get a conscience. Yeah, they start questioning things. And then they realize that things aren't always ethical or moral. <laughs> yeah. Scientific research is, as, as, and again, I come back to that idea. I love the science, right? Like, I love the idea of science. But scientific research is a scary thing. Like, it is a genuinely scary thing. Like, it's, I mean, especially when you start doing biological or genetic uh, uh, experimentation, you know, you don't know what the fuck. You, like you're you're tr you're trying to dick around with the building blocks of existence, and that's a dangerous thing to that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, I mean that's that's how we end up with like guys like Oppenheimer, and yeah, that's yeah. So, and I I find it just so poetically on the nose that uh, when she goes to try and find more info about. Uh, a previous study or, or previous results about this kind of study, all she finds are profit charts. Yep. Revealing the true nature of the Bray Industries. Uh-huh. Doesn't... It, I mean, it kind of surprised me, but it was, it was, no, it didn't. It, it didn't surprise me at all that all it was was profit charts and a bunch of redacted info. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, it's worth remembering... All of this is under the umbrella of projects controlled by Wilhelmina. And Wilhelmina, when Elsie visited her, essentially was like, you know, grandfather needs to die so that we can inherit the company and put our own stamp on technology and, and our own path to immortality. So even though she Apple was doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Like even though she was anti Clovis, she had some pretty was similar it thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of messed up, but yeah, she just didn't want him to get there first. Essentially, yep. I don't want it to say Clovis Bray. I wanted to say Willa Bray. Yeah, doesn't have a better ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> evil scientist maniacal laugh ensues. Just, just a bit, just a bit. Uh, 
So we are now on the eighth set of notes. I approached patient C, who has been showing some concern. I'm doing everything I can, I said to her. That's not enough, she said, and turned her back. I do not have the training or the knowledge or the wisdom for this. Project results suggest experimental outcomes imply. As I write these, I stop and look at Yaris through the glass. He is eating less and losing weight and now hair. I too am eating less and losing weight. Eh, friendship. It makes us worry more and age faster. Family. Same thing. To June, I said, you must understand. I'm trying. I wanted to see us among the stars. I ran this study because I dreamed of exploring the unknown and making new places home. I dreamed of the whole universe becoming our home. And June said, You don't even have a home here. They treat you with suspicion. You're not a Bray. Why did you come to Mars? Do you have no home on Earth? I don't, I replied. That's the end of the eighth set. That's what happens when you uh, get morally involved with your test subjects. That's why. That's why they use lab rats now. Like it's so it's so much easier to 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 shuffle off something that can't talk back to you or or interact with you on a on an intellectual level. Like, yeah. It's man, that's ouch. Ouch. Hit me hit me right in the chest with that one did. So we have some like more rapid fire notes here, which seems to imply to me like doing a lot of work and then every now and then quickly kind of jotting down thoughts you know uh and so for the the next couple are spread out and are just one-offs for the most part so the ninth note says these prototypes are too deeply embedded in my subject's systems now to extract by force organs neurons frontal cortex even complete hemodialysis would be insufficient. I must find another way. Another way for Susan, for Yaris, for Kit. Maybe even for June. The next note just says, Forgive me, I said. Only if, he told me back. I think implying old Shirazi will only get forgiveness if they fix this. Or or kill. Or kill. Or or end it. Like that's Yeah. That fix fix or end this hell. That's 
that only <laughs> Those are if, the two implications there. <laughs> yeah, that that only if is a pretty uh, that's pretty heavy big. connotation. Yeah. <laughs> so the next note, uh, and we went from the ninth note to the eleventh note, now to the twelfth note. So there's there's some time gaps here. Uh, I'm not sure if each number is the day. It seems like that so far. So if that's the case, we're, you know, week and a half-ish. So the twelfth note, in regards to uh, Yaris, the mute patient, Shrazi says, Even if I cure him, would he speak to me again? I've never run an experiment with lethal outcomes or permanent disabilities. I never thought I would. And then the thirteenth note. Long and sleepless nights. My whole staff in isolation suits, bent over our microscopes. But we have discovered a solution, I think. We have not tested it on patients yet, only pure prototype samples. If we toggle fibrons 7, 21, and 16 across all nanoparticles with pulses of particular wavelengths, enough interference should be generated to render them dormant. I go now to try on Susan, who lost consciousness yesterday. Even prone, she floats an inch above her sleeping surface. So they've been working through, you know, probably since they started to notice some major complications, they've been working on trying to find a solution to this. And they think they finally have. I like their idea for it. The, essentially what they're trying to do is, is superposition, super, super positioning theory, which we've talked about a ton in our Light and Darkness series. It's the idea that two wavelengths at the same frequency, but in perfect opposite amplitude existing at the same time in the same space will cancel each other out and create a, a, a zero, um, a, a zero amplitude frequency, meaning that it has, it, it, it's nothing essentially. And by doing so to these nanites, it's, it's a way to shut them down because obviously the nanites have to have some type of communication between each other. Um, and it's only logical that would, that, that communication would exist on some type of frequency. Um, communication between electronics is all done at even higher frequencies in the, in the megahertz and gigahertz range. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's that idea of, of what that they're trying to do there is that superpositioning theory of, of canceling out the frequency that all these things, all these animachines are talking to each other, um, with something that is just overpowering them essentially. And then since they can't communicate with each other, now they're all dormant. Yeah, since they don't, since since oopsie forgot to put in a kill switch, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe write in kill commands next time you program something. Yeah, like little few safety measures, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, so yeah, Susan has lost consciousness, and even in that state, is floating. Uh, but they now have a solution, and they're gonna try it on her because. Probably if she doesn't get uh, some kind of treatment soon, she's she's not going to be around much longer. 
So the 14th note uh, is actually a good one. Uh, in this one, Shirazi says, At least this much of my conscience is clear. Susan left our facilities today, walking on the ground. Not smiling, none of us are smiling. We don't know what the long-term effects might be, but she appears healthy for now. So they successfully treated Susan. She regained consciousness and left the facility not floating. <laughs> yeah, on the ground. <laughs> Which is an odd, like, medical diagnosis. <laughs> right, Like, but it's a successful one. Right. So it's like, okay, she's alive and she's not floating anymore. But they don't mention anything about like her having any type of super intelligence or super strength anymore. Like, does she still possess those? I mean, presumably, if the if the nanites that caused those things have been turned off, I would right. assume it should that they lose all that. Should should in theory in in sci fi theory. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that we keep using logic to explain sci-fi shit and and like but the best part about it is like oh yeah you know that that does make sense if the sh- if the nanites were shut off then they should lose all that stuff yeah no that totally makes sense yeah, yeah. and we just accept it yeah no it's <laughs> uh so one final research note from Shirazi and this is in regards to Yaris the mute Uh, patient. Thank you, he said, as he walked out of the facility, a thin, slight shape against the red light reflecting off the dunes, the last to recover and the last to leave. After I sent my research staff home, I entered Clovis Bray's data isolation chamber with borrowed credentials. I had to know. My predecessor's annotations are sparse, but I believe the data from previous trials shows mortality rates of 50 to 60% for the last generation of injectable biotech. I should have been informed of this. My report will begin with the words, Unacceptable demonstrated risks preclude further human trials at this time. I must Make Willa Bray see that this way lies disaster. So that's the final research note from Shirazi. Good, good for you, Shirazi. I, a scientist with a conscience and a moral comp. Good for you. I'm proud of you. So that is not the last we see of Doctor Shirazi, uh, because. We have a few entries kind of showing the follow-up to her uh, meeting with Willa Bray about the trans- transmission particles. Um, and remember, although she had to turn them off and there was a significant risk to the participants, they did work when they were yeah, active. that's true. You know, their test showed results of better, you know, intelligence and strength. 
So we see the continuation of the story in dormant SIVA clusters, uh, which were grimoire cards during Rise of Iron, uh, that they were almost like dead ghosts. There were uh, SIVA clusters spread throughout the plague lands and, and other areas of Rise of Iron um, that you could pick up and they would give you a little bit of info, a little snippet of time uh, and a conversation or two that happened there. So the first is the Dormant Siva Cluster uh, 1.0. And we see some of that conversation between Wilhelmina and uh, Zarin Shirazi. I can't, in good professional conscience, recommend further research in this direction without stringent review of protocol and mitigation of the undisclosed lethality risks, which I should have been informed of. Should have been. Is this what you would call insubordination, Zarin? It's... it's a protest. So there's a meeting between, presumably, Willa uh, and Zarin Shirazi, where Willa is like, oh, so you wanting to set all of these rules and regulations around this research? That, that sounds like insubordination to me. Yeah. <laughs> in, 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 a, in a Bray's eyes, that would right. sound like insubordination. Like, that's, yeah. In 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 corporate America, man, that's what it would sound like. <laughs> now, now that's I I don't know. I'm starting to really like that guy. Like, I don't know. I I feel like he went out of the facility the same way he went in, and just like <laughs> just man, confirmed fucking <laughs> fucking braze, man. Told you so. Uh, but yeah, definitely definitely seeing that that level of like. It, Especially on Willa's side, that level of like, oh well, maybe, maybe you don't have a job tomorrow. Yeah. That would suck. I mean, maybe just do what I tell you to do and keep your job. Considering yeah. her grandfather was known for on multiple occasions just terminating test subjects when he was yep. figuring out exo things, like, yep. yeah, maybe. Maybe keep your job or become an EXO uh, experiment. Yeah, you know. We'll just send you, you know, to the lab maybe. over. You don't want to know what they're yeah. doing across the hall. They don't, they don't ever come out. So, <laughs> must be doing good things in there, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's how that works. The only thing that comes out is these little red bio bags filled with goo. Don't know what that's about. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. It's all fine. Uh, also worth noting, they talked about the research uh, patients are being let out into the the red uh, the red horizon. Um, so this is all taking place likely in Meridian Bay on Mars. Yep, at the at the um, I th- I think it's like the official Clovis Bray Industries headquarters uh, is there at Mars. That's that's where uh, we used to be able to go. Um, well, shoot, I, I guess you can technically go there, go there right now, uh, during season of the Seraph, uh, oh, through during the, heist. the Mars heist. Yeah. yeah. That's, that takes place in the, uh, Clovis Bray Industries where the, uh, um, at the very end of it is, is where one of the, is where, um, 
Well, I guess you don't go into the Rasputin portion anymore, do you? No. Not anymore. No. But that's where the, that's where the Rasputin, uh, like the, the main brain for Rasputin was. But very possible that down one of those hallways, we can't go down in the mission. You know, there's a door that leads to, or would lead to, the lab where all of this was going down. Ooh, maybe it's one of the lost sectors that was there. Hey, you never know. That'd be kind of neat. In a creepy kind of way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like a like a history thing, not like a, hey, let's go visit these dead test subject areas. Ha <laughs> ha! Moral compass be damned! Yeah, no, that's, no. No, we don't want that. No, no we don't. Uh, so we see the continuation of this discussion uh, in the Dormancy of a Cluster 1.1. In which Wilha says, You have no history of subversion, Zarin. No marches, no petitions, no action items. We screened you very carefully. Where did we go wrong? I don't think you did. I am trying to act in Clovis Bray's best interests. And how would you know? what Clovis Bray's interests are. And that's the end of that one. Jesus, we really are seeing... She really is, like, legacy above all. Like, ooh. Man, the Brays are kind of bad people. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> I just had this, like, quick revelation of, like... Dude, the Brays are... They're all shit. <laughs> I mean... Except for two of them. Well, except for one probably and one <laughs> maybe. Not, not so much anymore. Like one one Elsie Bray, who has been reset a few times right. and may not have all of her memories, and one Anna Bray, who isn't technically Anna Bray. She's a guardian who woke up next to a name tag that says Anastasia Bray and is now trying to figure out who Anastasia Bray is and define that as herself. Yeah, and it's one of like Clovis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wilhelmina. Oh, yeah. oh, 100%. Seemingly a bad guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alton. I mean. Dumb guy. Well, just not not the engineer, <laughs> not the STEM, you know, track of the right, family. Right, right. He's, he's the finance. Fi- he's the, he's the, right. the accountant, the, the paperwork guy, the. And and I and I and correct me if I'm wrong. I, for some reason, I remember you telling me at some point in time during our Clovis stuff where he's like he he's more personable. Like he he doesn't have any aspirations of like inventions and legacy and all that whatnot. But he's 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 very he he can talk to people. He's a people person. Yeah, he's he's the one that Clovis relies on to be administration for the business. Yep. Uh, yep. He's the one that Clovis had clean up the K1 anomaly and you know the the Clovis Bray company just kind of coming in and yoinking that artifact out of there and then he left Alton to to deal with the the aftermath and you know smooth All everything the over and everything yep so be the be the political PR face of it right of like hey yeah nothing don't pay no attention to that article of behind the curtain that isn't there anymore <laughs> Look over here. She looks shiny keys. Diggly, 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 diggly. Yeah, so I don't know that 
Alton is like mad scientist on the same level, but he certainly is complacent. So I, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a, yeah, I think that's an astute observation, but Elsie, I think is good or at least has, has good intentions as far as we can tell. Um, Anna's kind of an interesting one. So she did what ended up being a good thing, uh, with the essentially teaching Rasputin humanity you know giving Rasputin to to feel right like (laughs) giving him that that you know free will kind of yeah Yeah. uh but we also don't know what else she might have done in pursuit of her research and it is interesting to know as we've seen she is very stubborn and very uh driven by getting the answers she wants and maybe a less perfect version of the Anna Bray we knew that grew up in this crazy family would uh, take some more liberties than guardian Anna has. Yeah, I I could see that. So, uh, but we'll find out more about that when we get to her portion of the story. Yes, we will. Uh, but it's it, interesting going back to the reading here. Um, so Wilha says, like, you have no history of subversion. You have not done any marches or petitions. We screened you, which seems to imply that they're doing this for every employee. Yeah. To see. Like they, to make sure nobody will do an uprising. Right. To make sure nobody will do some type of like political protest of like, hey, you're testing on humans. Testing on rats and bunnies is one thing, but humans, what the <laughs> fuck, bro? Yeah, they're very yeah. specifically trying to make sure that they are not hiring people that they think are going to rock the boat. Yep. Tip- typical corporate corporate Mars, man. It's, it's all conspiracy, man. <laughs> If he, if I didn't know the money for my cocaine addiction, I wouldn't be here right now, man. <laughs> that that is like he was there because he owed the money. So you know that's what I'm saying. Like, well, was he just a janitor <laughs> that took an advance or something? Like, what? What? I want to know more about this guy. Uh, he has exactly like two voice lines in the whole thing, and he's the most interesting bit so he's, far. He's who I've attached to. <laughs> You, you, and you know what that means. Oh, no. All right. Did he have a name? If you don't remember it, I'm not going to remind you. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. That, means I just, that just means I get to name, name him. Oh, boy. Uh, so before that, though, we see the continuation of this conversation. So after Wilha, you know, goes about the, like, we screened, we screened you, you know, we didn't expect this from you. Where did we go wrong? Um, She then follows that up with, I understand your concerns. You are good researchers, Aaron. Your work here has been deeply appreciated. So you'll listen. You'll cease this line of inquiry. Uh On the contrary. We'll take your valuable findings and run with them. Your work will live on forever. So, uh, will uh, somebody just got sent off to be an exo test subject? Yeah, it's not looking too good. That's that's exactly what's happening here. 
and we can see kind of the the reasoning for I mean outside of the obvious uh you know Wilha knows a little Hooray, more profit margin <laughs> Wilha knows a little more than sh- what she's letting on to to Zarin here uh and in the next uh fragment so this is Zarin saying to Willa I'm surprised although perhaps I shouldn't be it does save time to run experiments in parallel I see the benefit to the colonization effort but I can't support those plans I won't help you in which Willa responds strictly speaking Zarin your participation is not necessary. And then she continues having now evidence, quote unquote, uh, against Zarin. Do you see these access logs? They were flagged by my personal attention. Yes, I see them. Do you see the times? on these unauthorized access entries. I do. Would you have any idea who might have been prying into unreleased data, Zarin? And that is the final entry that we hear about Zarin's... Zarin, uh... Shirazi at all. I'm I'm telling you, man, somebody just got sent off to be an exo prototype. Absolutely. Somebody so I mean, they control they they control dude. This is this is like this is like Jason Bourne. No, no. What what would this be? I don't I don't there's gotta be a movie like this where it's like Hey, I found bad stuff. And then they're like, oh, did you now? You work for us. We rule your life. We control where you sleep. <laughs> like, yeah. Typical, typical mad scientist corporation owning little guy who just wants to, you know, do good in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what's, that's, that's, that sucks. That's, that's a bummer. Yeah, and if there was any doubt about the ultimate fate of Dr. Shirazi in one way or another, we get some further confirmation and a hint at to how this project continues in the ghost fragment Clovis Bray 2, which is another grimoire from D1. And in it... We are introduced to uh, the character Dr. Zhang, who this is uh, from their point of view. And this one goes. These spires soar like birds into the dusty pink sky. I marvel at this, my new home. The planet I've dreamed of since I was a boy with a telescope. Peering at that warm red light. Hope. For our overcrowded planet. What I've been working on will solve all those problems. Developed in these laboratories, built to my specifications by my hand-picked team. These nanites will double, triple, maybe even quadruple construction rates 
Reduce colonist casualties and serve us in our spread across the system, then across the stars. Our first replication chamber sits beside the Cosmodrome, ready to outfit the colony ships. Dr. Willibray herself came to congratulate me. You'll be able to expand soon, she said, into the space currently occupied by the Shirazi lab. Are they relocating? I asked. Moving on to other opportunities. I can't imagine a better place to be. And that's the end of that fragment. Yeah. Somebody got murdered. Just just a bit. (laughs) Somebody either got murdered or exo-experimented. I mean, the same thing. Kind of, sort of, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we need a test subject. Well, who's been insubordinate this week? Oh, that that Shirazi. She's, um, yeah. She's been digging into some shit and accessing some logs she shouldn't have put her eyes on. Mm -hmm. Huh. So, seems like her office is empty now. Yeah, it is now. Hint, hint. Fucking craziness, man. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. Crazy talk. But all, all for the, all, I can't say all in the name of legacy, but it's, it's definitely all in the name of science. Like that's, and, and in closes mind that then in turn leads to legacy. So it's like, I guess it's kind of one and the same when you're talking about Clovis Bray and Bray Industries, like all for the name, all for the sake of industry, all for the sake of, of legacy and science. Yeah. So, yay. And so now uh, Wilhelmina has the results of this transmission particle testing, uh, knows that it does have an effect, a positive effect, at least for a little while, on human subjects. And she's bringing that lab and presumably that technology to Dr. Zhang, who is also working on a nanite technology specifically for construction, for building things. And so this is the idea of that, like, give us your grandchildren. Exactly. Hey, two ideas just came together and now they've made a baby. Baby idea. Exactly. And uh well that that baby Siva. Yay, baby Siva. <laughs> so we see a few interactions between uh, Willa and Dr. Zhang now uh, in regards to just forging ahead with the new Siva technology. Uh, the first of which comes to us from another dormant Siva cluster. This is in cluster 1.5, in which Willa comes to Dr. Zhang and asks, What do you have to report, Dr. Zhang? Well, full functionality of the test nanites in our 200 tasks across multiple trials and environments, they'll be what Clovis Bray is remembered for hundreds of years from now. All that's left is construction of the replication chamber and initiation of production. I'm 
changing project requirements to include a kill switch. Is that feasible? Completely, but if I may ask, why that? Why now? Uh, another scientist on staff, well, formerly on staff, brought up the possibility of undesirable outcomes. And you believed her? Somewhat. She was honest about other matters. So that's those two. Uh, those are two fragments, 1.5 and 1.6. So, so Willa kind of has a conscience? Well, I mean, I don't think she has a conscience. I don't know what conscience. to make of that, right? I, I don't think she has a conscience. I think she has a a notion of like, if we're going into production, this could bite us in the ass. So let's have an emergency kill switch. So we, you know, worst comes to worst, we're not running into a, a horizon situation or anything. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's, that is exactly where my mind went. But yeah. So, so building in that kill switch, like that's, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what, uh, uh, Shirazi wanted to do kind of in like a, in like a retrospect, like, right. Oh shit, I should have done that. Um, but now Willa having had these test results and, and all this stuff and relocating, dismembering, uh, Shirazi, um, now has talked to Clovis Bray legal team. They're like, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe put in a kill switch. Um, that way we don't have to deal with this in later. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, all right, that's fine. That's profits? Fine. Profits. Yay, profits. <laughs> uh, well, and plus, remember from Wilha's discussion with Elsie, Wilhelmina saw Siva as a means to her own version of immortality. And so right. if she has an intention to use this on herself at some point to make, you know, make her human body oh, immortal yeah. rather than be in a metal body uh she's definitely going to want to make sure that she has an out if things go bad yep yep yeah so uh a little bit of time passes after these uh and then we see another interaction between them um in the siva cluster 1.7 uh and that conversation is does the new research facility meet your expectations? It surpasses them. We presented you with a sample of SIVA on your desk six months ago, and the, the speed of our prototyping was the direct result of your generous budget. Well, Clovis Bray prides itself on its talent and liberality, Dr. Zhang. From construction workers to researchers, we treat our staff like royalty that's the end of that one and until they raise questions about morality right yeah <laughs> and then then you know they do what royalty does and they behead the they just kill them yeah no the sensible yeah, one yeah. yep nope i'm fault this the, yeah no this <laughs> yep checks out uh so a final interaction uh, between 
Zhang, and Wilha. In the Siva Cluster 1.9, says this. The complex is ready for whole-scale replication of the Siva Nanite. We're just waiting for your signal to start. Thank you for your faithful service, Dr. Zhang. I look forward to the wonders that come from this replication complex. The new machine age, shall we call it. Yes. Let's begin. And that's it. Presumably, that is when the SIVA replication chamber was officially turned on. And nanites began nanites pouring began. out in, in hordes and hordes and hordes. And then they became sentient and killed everyone and destroyed the world. And now they've created the Matrix and this little program because they realize they need bodies for batteries. No, wait, wrong program. Yeah, not not quite the same. <laughs> wrong 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 timeline, Elsie. <laughs> can, can you imagine though if like Elsie comes back and she's like, "Man, I went to this one timeline and they were using humans as batteries." I don't I don't know what the fuck that was about, but that was scary, <laughs> man. There was no light, no dark. It was it was just batteries, just fields and fields of human batteries. It was not okay. So now we have something interesting. Uh, so SIVA is begun production. And presumably now needs to become profitable to, you know, continue their efforts to, uh, uh, push forward with it and you know with the end result of Wilhelmina finally finally having that you know immortality elixir in the form of nanites and uh so they had to find someone that would be interested in this tech and you know Dr. Zhang's original intention and even uh, Dr. Shirazi's original intention was that this would be technology used for making colonization easier. And uh, we see a little bit of the effort to use this as a colonization tech um, in a conversation between Wilhelmina Bray and another individual, which is most likely someone by the name of General Chen Lensu, uh, who is best I can tell is a member of, uh, I don't know if military is the right term, but it is, is part of a hierarchy of this colonization program, aka the Exodus Project. And so we have a conversation between these two that goes like this. Let's get right to it. How can Clovis Bray help the Exodus Project? We've found a way to push our matter encryption technology even further. 
Habitats, equipment, repairs of all kind. All of these things can be made from one material. Siva doesn't expire, degrade, or forget. It can remain dormant, even on long voyages. Nearly any problem a deep space colonist could have, Siva can fix. And how long do the effects of Siva last? Well, Siva requires no external power source, so forever. Just give it a directive and it won't stop until it gets a new directive. This sounds like it could be invaluable to Exodus colonists. But Malahayati has some concerns. General, poorly worded or malicious code is the fault of the programmer, not Siva itself. Dr. Bray, I'm sure you've realized Siva's applications extend well beyond colonization. I'm not sure what you mean, General. Is this still about the Exodus program? The Exodus program would be interested in exploring Siva's defensive applications. General, my team did not intend for Siva to have military application. Willa, some of history's greatest inventions began as unintended side effects. And that's the end of that conversation. Yep. Just like any any other scientific R and D, the first thing that comes to mind or, or the first the first practical application is typically military. Um yeah, so that does not surprise me in the least that a military general is like, hey, cool stuff you got there. How can I weaponize this? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, doesn't doesn't even doesn't even surprise me there. And it's it's hard to tell how much of like Wilhelmina's surprise, quote unquote, about military applications is real, or if she's been like if she went and talked to this general very specifically expecting that to come up and expecting some additional funding from it. Yeah. Hooray, look at profits. Yay. Yay. Look at my immortality machine. It makes money. <laughs> what does yours do? Oh, it doesn't matter because you own the company. Right. Forgot right. that. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I'm making you profit too. Didn't think about that. <laughs> Yay, money. Um uh, so where the where we're going to uh end essentially our, our SIVA discussion for, for the time being, or at least the last lore card for it, uh, is with Ghost Fragment Old Russia 4. Um, and this presumably, well, we'll talk about who it might be from the perspective of when we finish. Uh, but it goes like this. I can feel the mites buzzing pushing against my sub-mind. They try to steal fragments of memory, but I do not let them. They have no will, but they want to be 
I exert electronic will, pushing, shaping, forcing stasis on perpetual motion. They are quiet then, but I can still sense them. Where once my cargo holds were full of tools and weapons and material, now they hold barely contained possibility. New worlds will be built from these tiny mites. Weapons and cities and ships created by thought and science. I fear my will is not strong enough to shape these worlds. Only the tyrant can do that. But he will not be a part of my journey. Even his reach has limits, and we will be nine billion miles away. I whisper my concerns to the tyrant in tiny magnetic bursts. He does not listen. The tyrant says, take the Siva, and so I take the Siva. The tyrant says to go to the stars, and so I go to the stars. And that's the end of that one. How far away is Neptune from Earth? Well, that is a good question. <laughs> uh, so nine billion miles. Let's see. I mean, that's that's the question. Because I I have a lot of theories that are gonna like play out in rapid succession here. Uh so Neptune is only two point eight billion miles, according oh, to the internet. Well, damn, nine bi- Jesus, nine billion's got to go past Pluto, right? Well, and remember, their colonization efforts with the Exodus uh, program was to be. You know, extrasolar was to be outside of our right. solar system. To leave the solar system. Yep. Leave leave the heliopause. Yeah. Yep. So that makes a certain amount of sense. Rapid theories playing out. They are it is someone talking to the tyrant in electromagnetic electromagnetic burst, meaning frequencies. Um, so I'm assuming another war mind or, or another sub war mind. Um Malahayati would be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one that's inside the spire. Yep. Uh, so Terra. Yep. So Terra. That would be another possibility. Uh, so Terra is the one that's starting to like more and more uh, make sense because So Terra was the one in direct contact with Rasputin, saying, uh, "Hey, there's a threat coming. We should start preparations for stuff." Right. Um. To, to be outside the solar system, to, to make humanity continue outside the solar system. We know that SIVA was on all these Exodus programs. Uh, th- this general obviously stated as, as much as that SIVA is in every single one. Um, and now there's, an, there's this ship, uh, presumably an Exodus ship, that has an AI in charge of it saying that it's all of its cargo holds are filled with SIVA essentially um, 9 billion miles away. Like, I don't know, man, like what, like, yeah, I, I don't know that all of the Exodus ships had SIVA because thinking about it um, from the Spire of the Watcher lore, 
So Tara talks to talks to Rasputin, the tyrant, and does receive a message, you know, does receive some some uh conversation with him. Uh whereas here this this AI uh, is ignored completely by him. Um oh yeah. Additionally, yeah. so Tara very specifically had uh exos on its ship. Oh, right, 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 right. Um cuz Clovis Bray said something along the lines of like, you know, you're you're killing every exo on that ship or you're dooming every yep. exo on that ship. Uh Yeah, I remember that one now. And so Tara was, you know, pilloried into the spire uh as a result of of their actions. Um as like a like a failsafe shutdown right. type thing of like, hey, we're going to we're going to break this AI mind into multiple parts that way it it's more controllable or or jailable basically. Right. And uh as far as like the other exoships go, because I don't think Exodus Black had any SIVA on it. I don't rec- I think you're right. Failsafe would have said something. Right. Um Exodus Green, which uh the the Lang Yang Li Wei. Zermis and Eris Morn and yep. all that shit all over again. Uh, but Exodus Green didn't appear to have any or wasn't mentioned by Mara. And I have to think she would have mentioned that in the, uh, right. the um, you know, distributary the creation. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it was only one ship. Maybe it was uh, a few, but not all. Hard, hard to say for sure. Maybe it's maybe it's like like one ship one ship with Exos, one ship with Sivo, one one ship with Warmind, like I don't know, maybe maybe that's like the maybe that's the theme here. I don't I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Um I think Malahayati is a pretty good uh guess at who this uh submind or, or AI is. Um, maybe because the, the general mentioned, right. and the only reason why I bring up Malahate is because the general specifically says, Hey, Malahate said this yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well maybe, maybe that's who's talking to the, the tyrant, the war mind. Right. Um, and the war mind, it, cause then like Rasputin would just see that as like a sub, a sub mind. Cause, cause Malahate isn't a full AI. She is just a sub mind, um, as is, um, Charlemagne. So right. they're a each a piece of the greater right. Rasputin whole. Right. So it's like if if I feel like Rasputin would freely ignore those if if it wanted to. Like yeah. Hey, this thing it's 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 like it's like I don't know, it's I, I feel like it's like having like a like a like somebody pinch you on the arm or something like that, and Rasputin's just like, I'm just gonna ignore that. Yeah, like a, like a like a younger sister or something like that <laughs> poking you all night. Well, to draw another Horizon comparison, um, in uh, Forbidden West, Rasputin is essentially the Gaia, and yep. all of the subminds are the different pieces too. And Apollo, right? And are the the different all of that. pieces yeah. of Gaia's full functionality. Same kind of thing. All of these submines are the different pieces of Rasputin's full functionality. And uh, they apparently have a little bit of, you know, thought process to themselves, at least. 
Um, but yeah, like to Rasputin, it's, you know, it, it, it's nothing. He lords over all of them and, uh, you know, isn't concerned with their petty worries kind of thing. Go, go, go sit in the corner, little sister. I don't, I don't care for you now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the way I think of, of Rasputin interacting with his submines. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of a shorter one this week, but you did get a double upload. So, you know, we're, we're balancing things out a little bit. Yeah. We actually got through the, the SIVA portion of it relatively fast. I, yeah. I didn't think we'd get through it this fast. But, uh, yeah, this kind of... Uh, see, I guess SIVA hasn't really played like a, a, a front seat like EXOs have. Right. Um, and and the because the, obviously we have EXO Guardians. The only SIVA thing we have as Guardians is what? The Outbreak? Yeah, Outbreak... A few exotic ornaments, if you want to count those. Right. Like, but, yeah. there's not a whole lot of SIVA um, prevalent in present-day Destiny. So, yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense that SIVA doesn't have, like, a huge role to play. Um, but it definitely is a significant one. Um, and there's, there's more to SIVA's history um, post-collapse. Yes. Uh, but... We just wanted kind of like a, a single episode here of like, this is where it started. This is where it came from. It wasn't necessarily morally correct or ethically correct uh, to make these nanites. But, you know, because science and profits, here it is. Yep. And, uh, you know, if we want to really get into like spin foil hat theory, um, you know, maybe... If we assume that maybe the uh, ship that um, Sotera had control over for a little while uh, did have Siva on board, you know, if it had Exos, I, maybe it had other I, Braytech. I think I think it went to Neptune. I think that that Siva. I I think it went to Neptune, <laughs> man. And then that Siva was like combined with something else and turned into like quicksilver or something i don't know man it just seems to fit man i mean that's that, that's essentially a uh, i think that's a, a valid theory if there was siva on the the ship that sotera had control over you know it it mentions in the uh watchtower lore that one of the pods that Zotera launched one of the the echoes i think they were called um it it got away like it, it was successful in its launch uh now it may have gotten outside the solar system but maybe it landed before that and ended up on neptune and now you have you know presumably exos that can live a very long time if not forever and siva which if used correctly can construct colonies in very short period of time, as well as defensive measures to protect themselves. Totally possible that that, that that was the seed for Neomuna. Full, full on theory, theory now or, or prediction theory that uh, we're going to find some lore in, in lightfall that, uh, Connects back to some SIVA stuff? I would be very surprised if we didn't find anything 
that connected to Siva in at least some way. I I think we will. I think we'll find something. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so I, I guess that wraps up Siva then. Wow, that was quick. For now. Yeah. <laughs> for now. For now. That's that's wraps up Siva for now. Wraps up the the creation uh, of of Siva. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, well shit. <laughs> um, shout outs, I guess. Yeah. So we do have a few shout outs. Uh, this week um so a few of those coming to us from twitter uh the first of which comes to us from uh matt who says i was literally getting done with the last episode when you posted uh speaking to about our bonus episode last week Uh, i love this pod y'all are awesome and this is something special for sure so thank you oh thank you yeah, we when we when we yeah, when we played through that, we literally I think within 5 minutes of each other finishing it was like, "Hey, we doing an episode on this?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh We also got a very short but sweet message from uh Y Blessings uh who just said, "I love you." So You have no idea the significance of that. <laughs> Every time someone gets off chat, I literally go, all right, love you. Yep. Just to see if anyone says it back. But blessings, blessings got it covered. Got it covered for all of us. Love you too. There you go. And thank you. Uh, So another one as a uh, reaction to the bonus episode comes to us from Tim. who says, I literally could not wait to listen to you guys talk about this. I quit my comp match as soon as the notification popped up. You're really great at what you do. Dude, that is... Like, two or three seasons ago, I'd been like, oh, okay, that's cool, you quit your comp... Now, you quit your comp match. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. That's some, that's some serious shit. Oh, man. Uh... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty high praise, so yeah, thank you very much. I, yeah, thank you. But please, just it's okay. You can finish the match. It's okay. <laughs> I promise. Holy shit. Um, so another shout out comes to us from Jotun can be DPS. It sure as fuck can be. <laughs> Anyone who thinks otherwise is crazy. Man, you get a little, you get a little, oh shit, it has incandescent on it too? Holy shit, man, dude, with some of the new fragments with sprites and shit, Jotun might actually, could be DPS. Yeah. Uh, but they say, uh, first time commenting, but I just wanted to tell you guys that I love your podcast. I'm currently at work baking biscuits and listening to your newest Clovis podcast. Can't wait to hear about more exos and squishy bits. Yes. Nope. No more squishy bits for us. Squish, squish. I. There's a reason I don't work in bio industries. I. I squishy bits don't. Yeah. I. No. No. Thank you. No. No. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably won't be more squishy bits. But. Uh, I don't. I don't think there will be any more squishy bits. Yeah. At least not. Not out of Siva and. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully not out of Siva anymore. Uh, and Rasputin. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so the last shout out for the evening comes to us from, uh, Apple podcast this time, 
where uh, Iron Brady was kind enough to leave us a five-star review. Thank you. Uh, And they say, I found these guys just a few weeks ago, and so far they're the only podcast I actually get excited for. If you need a fun and entertaining Destiny Lord podcast, then this is it. You can tell this is just a couple of friends doing something they're passionate about, which I enjoy. Their personalities contrast perfectly, and they're both Destiny nerds. Hope you guys keep up the good work. Oh, <laughs> yay! Feel good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, we definitely. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Passionate would be a a word. That's uh. Yeah. That's that's a word. Uh. No. Yeah. We really do love doing this stuff. Uh. There's no. We just do it in our off time. Uh, we record once a week, and Myth mixes it all on his own free time and puts it out there. And uh, yeah, uh, we really enjoy it. Yeah. We, we like doing it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you have as much fun listening as we do creating. So thank you. Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, any, any other... Any, anything else? That any is, other bits, Myth? Uh, that's the last of our shout-outs for tonight. Uh, if you are interested in reaching out in some way, you can either leave a review on your platform of choice, uh, or we are also available on uh, Twitter at myths and stories with a Z instead of an S. I uh, say we respond there when we can, and you might hear yourself on one of these shout out sections. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I got to give a thank you. You, you know who it's going to. You've you've already looked up his name, haven't you? Oh, I know it. Yeah. Damn it! But you won't tell me, will you? Fuck this goddamn squirrel mind of mine. Jesus. All right. Well, what can I name him? What's a what's a good wily, coked out conspiracy name? <laughs> Ted. We just call him Ted. I'm gonna call him Ted. You can call him whatever you want. Thanks, Ted, for just being as crazy as you are, man. <laughs> They're really out there, man. They're coming for you. They're coming for your brain, man. All right. Myth, <laughs> anything else? No, that's it. All right. Well, then from, from all of us lore nerds, all of you guardians out there, man, we'll see you next time. <laughs>